Hi, Rav Judy here with Masechet Avot, Pergvav Mishneh Hey. This Mishnah contains within it a list that is so long, it will actually flow into the next Mishnah, Vav. So this is a two-parter. Gedola Torah is so great. It is greater even than the priesthood, the kahuna, and the malchut, than being a king, than royalty. Uh, the way in which the Mishnah demonstrates this is the complexity the number of steps required to truly experience Torah in its deepest way, as opposed to the steps and factors that are features of the royal experience or the priestly Kohanic experience. So, Kingship is, the way the language, the language the Mishnah uses is the kingship is acquired through 30 things. It's a little bit more complicated than that. If one takes a look in the 8th parak of Shmuel Aleph, Shmuel warns the people, if you're going to want a king, this is what's going to happen. And he goes on at length. And the Mishnah in the 2nd parak of Sanhedrin talks about rules of of kings. These are special features. So some of these are rules for the king that restrict the king. Some of them, many of them, are privileges of the king. Uh, but among them, just to give you, you know, a few examples, there are obviously there are many here. Um, but if a, uh, if a king has been married and then he dies, no one's allowed to marry his widow. She was the widow of a king. She doesn't marry commoners. Uh, a king can call people forth to war, right? He can just say, like, you all have to come now, and he can impose a draft, effectively. Um, the eminent domain, a king can take people's property and say, I'm going to make a road here. I'm going to build a city here. Um, kings also have restrictions on them, things like they're not allowed to have too many wives, too many horses, too much money, even though many of them uh, attempted to do that anyway. Um, kings have to carry a small safer Torah with them. Uh, kings are not allowed to just eat standing up. They need to eat in a dignified way, sitting down. Um, they have all sorts of rights in terms of taxation and, and so on and so forth. These are things that are special features of kingship. Now, Kahuna, the Mishnah said, has 24. This is mostly uh, various korbanot and things that Kohanim have access to that most people don't. So, for example, Kohanim can eat the lechem Panim. I think they're called usually the showbreads. These are the 12 loaves in the Beit HaMikdash that every Friday they would swap out these loaves in the on the shulchan, on the table, for new ones. And the old loaves would go either to the outgoing Kohen shift, Kohen would work in shifts for a week, uh, either to the outgoing shift or half to the outgoing shift and half to the incoming shift, and then the next week the incoming shift would be the outgoing shift, so on and so forth. Uh, they get uh, rights to you know, firstborn animals and truma and money that's used for pidyon haben and so on and so forth. So there are all these different parts and aspects that are part of the kahuna. It's complex. It has privileges. It has many, many responsibilities. And this is great. That's 24. But Torah, ah, Torah nicknamed Barabai Mushmon Edvarim. There are 48 ways, paths, features that are necessary to truly acquire Torah and appreciate the full experience of Torah. And I'm using the term full experience just to get it in line with what does it mean to be a king? 30 things. What does it mean to be a Kohen? 24 things. What does it mean to truly get Torah? Ah, 48. Most of these are responsibilities or aspects of personal character that will be needed to actually get there. And like I said, the Mishnah will not go through all of them, but rather uh, this Mishnah will do a bunch and then the next Mishnah, Mishnah Vav, will do more. So, looking through those 40 things. Talmud, 
one has to sit and learn. Uh, you don't get Torah by um, by inheritance. This isn't something genetic. One needs to sit and study in a careful way. Shmiat ozen. Shmiat ozen is listening with the ear. That means both listening to listening to teachers. Uh, there are those who say that this means that when one goes over things, one should actually say them out loud and let their ears hear what their mouth is saying. But arichat svatayim. This is related by um, literally the erech, like the the order of lips. That either means going over one's learning to try to get it clearly so that you could actually say it to someone else. Those who are intrapersonal learners will recognize that there are people who learn best. Sorry, interpersonal learners. I apologize. Those who learn best by teaching others. Uh, and so one of the ways that I personally go about my learning is I try to imagine how would I explain this to someone else because I learn best that way. So trying to organize it. Alternatively, learning what you learn out loud, again, so that when you say it, it takes on greater... Uh, force and clarity and become something more substantive and manifest than if you simply read it and think it in your head. Uh, fourth is Bina Halev. Bina Halev is insight of the heart. Bina, we usually say, is Mevin Dever Mitov Dever, that you learn something from someone else, that, from something else, that you learn something and then try to draw out from it what would that teach me? What are the implications of this? Then you have Sichlet Halev. Sechel is understanding, intellect. This is usually taken as meaning trying to get down to the very roots of the idea. What is the what is the essence here? What's the core concept? Ema and Yira, or six and seven. Ema is usually awe, more in a trembling sense, that one should have real real awe for the Torah, for for one's Rebbe, uh, that, wow, like, I, I walk in with a serious mind and, and just amazed by this. Yira is more so, from the word they're owed, to, to recognize, uh, less so fear, more so, it's often translated as reverence. Amital has a beautiful essay in Veha'arts and Talavne Adam where he describes Yira as respect and menchiness. That if you understand what someone's done for you, if you understand what a parent has done for you, well, then you just want to do certain things, not because you love the action of taking out the garbage, but because they asked you to, and it's just appropriate. So here, this would be Yira for the Torah, that one recognizes just how beautiful the Torah is, and what Hashem, the gift Hashem has given us, then I just I just want to learn it. And so we say, Reshit Chochma Yirat Hashem. The beginning of wisdom is Yira of Hashem, just being re- respectful and menchi and appreciative. Next comes number eight is anava. Anava is humility. Uh, whether humility probably doesn't mean thinking that you're a nothing, because Moshe was described as being anav mikol adam, the most humble, and Moshe clearly did not think he was a nothing. If he thought he was a nothing, he wouldn't have done what he did. Rather, anava is more, it's just not about me. Thinking about the other. Simcha, being happy, joyous, uh, that when one is besimcha, they are of greater focus, they have greater energy, they can just learn longer and love what they do, they love their life, uh, so a real joy in, uh, in, in learning Torah. Uh, also helps, it's a memory aid when you're in a good mood, you tend to remember a little bit more what happened. Shibush uh, Chachamim. Shibush Chachamim is serving Chachamim, serving scholars. There's so much that one learns, not out of a text, but from watching a great human being. I think about Rebbe's of mine that I got to spend more personal time with, and the way that they conduct themselves, the way that they act, the way that they speak to their spouses, little things that you would never come up in a sefer, but that you see in the way that they conduct themselves. But diktuk So diktuk is being very exacting. So diktuk is being exacting with other colleagues. What is that? So either talking to other people to do research carefully or picking your friends carefully. Very exacting in what kinds of people one associates with. 
Then we move on to the next one, uh, which would be pilpul chavirim. Pilpul is uh, arguments back and forth. That when you talk through a topic and you talk it through with other people, not just learning it on your own, talk with others. Let them argue with you. Argue back. Go back forth, back forth, back forth. Then you really get to much better clarity. I always found that learning with a chavrusa, chavrusas would ask me questions that I didn't want to hear because they ruined my theory, but that's how things get sharpened. It's much, much better. Be yishuv. So yishuv adad is having a settled mind, feeling calm and able to focus and not being distracted by everything. The Mikra, knowing Tanakh, you really understand what's happening here. Mishnah, knowing Mishnah, if you're going to be able to learn Halacha and Gemara, you really have to have Mishnah as a backbone. Bimiyutshena, not sleeping too much. If you don't sleep too much, you spend more time. One of the things that the Gra writes about Rabbi Lazar Hagadol was that part of how he got to be the greatest, or one of the greatest of the great, was that he was always first in the Beit Midrash in the morning, last to leave at night. He didn't sleep very much, he just learned. And so, not sleeping too much. Well, obviously, if you don't sleep at all, one will be too tired. But uh, but if one sleeps enough, but not too much, then one isn't wasting time uh, or being lazy about it. Miyutsicha, not overly chattering. There's conversation, which can be substantive. But then there's sicha, which is just like chatting with people. You know, enough, move on, do something constructive. Miyutanug, not being overly hedonistic or interested in pleasures. Those pleasures both take time. They also sometimes make it hard for a person to then focus afterwards. And if uh, one's too involved in pleasures, then one needs to go spend their time making the money to get the pleasures. So eh, not not too much. Focus uh, focus on uh, things of greater substance. Bemiyutzchok, uh, not being too joking. Joking is fun and it can, you know, it can be enjoyable and keep people light and happy, but too much, it just becomes a distraction, uh, and it takes a person away. Plus, a person can go down a, a not great path, uh, trying to be overly comical at all times. Bemiut derech eretz, not being too involved in derech eretz. Derech eretz may may re- refer to uh, making a living. So not not spending too much time trying to make money if there are other things that could be done, if made enough money. Or um, Derek Eretz can also be a metaphor for sexual intimacy with one's spouse. Again, you know, within within reason, not spending all day on this. The Erech if, uh, if one is patient, uh, being impatient makes it hard to learn. It also makes one angry at other people. Being able to be patient and you know, just keep working at the learning and the understanding. Lev Tov, being a person who is generous. Uh, being generous means then having uh, you know, good relationships with others, not feeling like one needs to hoard everything, and also building up relationships that could not only be a good mida, but also help one in, in learning. The emunat chachamim, with having trust in chachamim. If if our tradition has taught us something, and one's first move is to say, ah, those rabbis, they don't know what they're talking about. Well, you're never going to get to the bottom of it. You're just going to write off everything. Having a bit of emunah that even if I don't understand it, there with great wisdom here, can lead a person to try and keep trying and keep trying till they get it. I remember having had one of, it happens over time, but having had a, a religious crisis, one particular one, where my faith was really shaken. And thank God I said, okay, my faith is shaken. This is really hard. I'm just going to stick with this. This is in college. I'm going to stick with this on the basis of Amuna and see. And in the end, I found out that there was a logical fallacy in the argument that had been made to me. And as a result, I was able to get through it. But if I had just given up, I never would have found that. I would have just said, oh, okay, well, what is this then? But having a bit of Amuna that the people who said this really knew what they were talking about, and there may be more here. And finally, for this mission of the first half, Kabbalah Yisurim, accepting... Uh, suffering. The troubles happen in life, and if a person accepts the troubles, then they uh, can, you know, continue to to move on. Fighting it, fighting it too hard, obviously a person doesn't want to suffer. Fighting it too hard, though, can become a lifetime of 
greater pain, trying to fight something that's too big, accepting it and saying, okay, you know, this is what it is. Now let me make the most of my life. Let me move forward in the most positive, constructive manner, allows one to get back to more constructive activity uh, and slowly moving to try to turn the suffering into pain. Pain is when it has some meaning and to be able to continue living life.